If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben. Just the two of us today. It's Andy Conduit-Turner. Uh, yeah, just the two of us. Um, it's all right, go. everybody. He's not poorly. He's, uh, he's just busy yeah. today. He's not poorly. He's not been uh, melted by alien blood. He's not been impaled by a predator claw. He's Neither been... of those things has happened to him as far as we know. Yeah, we haven't spoken to him for... Um, it's probably approaching an hour now, so anything could have happened in that time. Anything. About half an, a- an AVP experience. Yeah, exactly, because it's happening... AVP 2 happens in, like, a suburban area, and Luke lives in a suburban area. So, you know, if aliens are going to attack... Who knows? It could it could happen in Nottingham as well as anywhere else. It could be could be anywhere where they where they rock down because that you know sometimes a ship will just crash and all them face suckers will come out. <laughs> all them face suckers just crawl right out. And into then and then before Nottingham you know city it, center. yeah, Nottingham city center. Every everyone getting face suckered. Someone else <laughs> like a special type of alien, a special type of alien predator <laughs> hybrid. Go pumping pregos full of egos and then. <laughs> Before you know it, <laughs> if I Nottingham's, predict- Nottingham's infested. Like, even more so than usual. Um, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was wondering how long it would take for you to say pumping pregos full of egos into this podcast. And it happened a lot sooner Straight than away, I nailed it. That's what, um, that pre- that's what the pred alien is all about. Um, thankfully, he meets <laughs> his match in the special predator that gets phoned in in that one. Like, he's a predator Barry Scott. He's coming around with his predator silly bang, just erasing <laughs> oh, yeah. all the evidence. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that stuff. Uh, so I don't know what me and Andy are doing to ourselves because we decide what films we watch on this podcast, right? We make the decisions. We go, let's watch this film. Let's watch that film. However, after watching this film, it now means that in the last month, me and Andy have watched seven Paul W.S. Anderson movies <laughs> by choice. Okay. So we obviously did a we did a bonus episode recently ranking the Resident Evil franchise, all directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. And in today's movie, Alien vs. Predator, also directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, are we gluttons for punishment, Andy? Or is it just the way the cookie, this proverbial cookie, has crumbled? Just how the cookie has crumbled, Ben. And I think, like we said in the the bonus episode, say what you like about Paul W.S. Anderson's films. Loves his wife. Loves her very much. <laughs> Loves his wife. We have. Not in this. I'm very surprised. Yeah. She could have been in it, kicking both the alien and the predator's asses, as he would have written it, because obviously. Yeah. Um, is that, that is exactly what would have happened. She would have. I would be surprised if she didn't at least read for the role of um, Lex in this movie. Hmm. I wonder why she didn't get it. Maybe. Who knows? Um, we've also covered Event Horizon on this podcast uh, a few years ago. So in terms of Paul W.S. Anderson's uh, filmography, we've tackled a considerable chunk of it. Uh, more movies than any other director? Maybe? I don't know. It's oh, kind of cheating. The ranking episode is kind of cheating because, you know, six movies in one is insane. But uh, yeah, who'd have thought? A horror Oof. movie podcast focusing on only the best. Auteurs yeah. of, the, of the genre. And you know what, like... <sighs> What would you say his best film? Is it like Event Horizon? I mean, the correct answer is Mortal Kombat, but not exactly horror. Oh, his best horror film. I think the scariest film he's made is Event Horizon because that genuinely did scare me, but then I watched it pretty young. So, and all the others, like, it's difficult to put Alien versus Predator and Resident Evil movies. And they are horror films, yes, but they're primarily action films, aren't they? Yeah. Here's a True. fly. Here's a flying kick. Here's a slow mo face hugger coming at you. Here's I love a, a slow mo face hugger. Here's a here's a close up of the of the face hugger's vagina coming at you, wherever it is. Have a think with those face huggers. <laughs> they don't have eyes. Can you not just turn your head away? <laughs> <laughs> People have been getting it wrong this whole time. Well, oh, they look huggers. at them and they're, they're surprised. They're like, ah, oh, that's how they get got. My open <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Face right on. They got horrible little fingernails as well, haven't they? On the end of their horrible little arachnid slash humanoid legs. It's creepy. It's horrible. But yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Today's episode, we're going to cover Alien vs. Predator, but we're also going to talk a bit about the um, sequel as well, which wasn't directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, That one was directed by a collective, wasn't it? It was... was, was, (laughs) It was Jumbo directed Wumba. by Wumba Collective. <laughs> it was directed by like two people who called themselves like the Brothers something, the Brothers Grimm, the Brothers Strives, Colin okay. and Greg Strives. So yeah, they called themselves that. They've got like a little band name for there, and you know we get that sometimes. We've got the what's what's the Radio Not directors slash slash um Scream directors. They've got a little collective. Oh, name, now you're asking. Um, they do have a little collective. <laughs> They do have a little collective name. Well, what do they call themselves? The Blues Brothers. The uh, what do they call themselves? Let's have a quick look here. I can't remember. But the, the, so their names are Mark Bettanini, Olpin, and Tyler Gillette. 
best a man can get is maybe what <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. Um, yeah, we don't know. Who knows? Write in. To, we'll put our PO box at the end if you know what they're called. Uh, if you were in a director collective, Andy. Yeah. Uh, with anyone, but let's just say with me and Luke, a little freeze up. What would we call ourselves? Don't say horror hangout because mistaken. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. It'd be didn't, very didn't difficult. We... It'd be difficult branding. I just remember, didn't want to. I think I've asked this question before, and the answer was bold, too bold, and hair. Or something like <laughs> yeah, <that>. bold and hair. <laughs> too bold and hair. That's the oh gang. That's the gang name if we're starting a gang. It's a gang, you never know. It's one of us. One of us bold, and everyone's bold. Was, that, re- was, that, was that Return of the Living Dead with like you know if we're gonna have hard <laughs> names like Scuzz and yeah. Suicide and yeah that was it. That was face and things. Like that. Yeah, it's like yeah Scuzz Suicide and uh, actually I'm quite nice, so I'll just call myself Kindness <laughs> Sound <laughs> Sound. Uh, um, okay, what have we got? Have we got any horror news this week? Seen anything? Any horror news? I'll tell you what. The next Quiet Place movie I've seen is going to be called Day One. It's the official title for the third movie in the franchise. The third franchise movie. Uh, don't know if it's going to be directed by What's His, Fa- What's His Flavor again, John Krasinski. Um, but we got some like Quiet Place Day One stuff in the second in, film, didn't in we? In the like, second movie. Did it make you think, I want a whole film of that? Or, um, the answer is no, not really. I, I think it was a nice, a, a nice jumping on point, um, as that you know, as that movie, and it gave an excuse to give a little bit of a nod to John Krasinski and showing the build up of the family, which would impact the characters in this in the film that would mm-hmm. follow. Um, sort so of knowing Killian Murphy as well a little bit, right from the community, but. I'm not sure I need an entire movie which is just which is entirely based in Day Zero because what are we going to get? Either characters that are not going to make it, or characters who we know appear later on, or is it a very long way of setting up a character that may turn up in a later movie? It looks like totally different place, maybe. Yeah. It, I mean, I thought the arrival of of the creatures of the leggy venoms in Quiet Place Part Two, and we saw it was still quite mysterious, wasn't it? It was yeah. like it's not like <clears throat> it's not like something like the Alien franchise where it goes, "You wonder where these aliens have come from, eh?" We're going to no, show I'm not, you, but we're going to show you in the course of <laughs> five show, movies <laughs> in tedious detail. Um, as long as it doesn't get into that, you know, we don't see the leggy venoms driving a spaceship and going. That's what you've turned the wrong way. You're gonna crash on Earth. Ah! Yeah, you're gonna um, crash and go. Oh, 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 let's go to let's go for a little trip to Earth. I've heard it's dead quiet. Are you sure? Because if it isn't, you know, I get the slightest noise. <laughs> slightest noise, and uh, I lose lose my temper, lose control. It looks like this is going to be a spin-off movie rather than like a a third instalment. It's not going to be like, hey, this is the next part of the story. It's just a spin-off essentially. And it looks like Michael Sarnowski is directing he directed the nicholas cage movie pig i mean uh great that's quite a departure he directed yeah, like, the pig there, there, there's some good storytelling to tell to 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 bring in there there's you know for, the, for what they've done with the first two movies and this director i'll turn up and watch it at very least let's we'll see what it does i, 
I'm always a little bit dubious of prequels because of this very franchise we're talking about today, actually. So, um, oh, yeah, in terms of in terms of prequels and uh, um, what the what what is vetoed in uh, what is uh, what word am I thinking of? Um, retconned. Retconned. Yeah, shouldn't be allowed. I'm sorry. Guys. What is if canon? There's a, if, there's a, if there's a franchise, you got to use all of it or none of it. No yeah. middle ground. <laughs> Those aliens, yeah, yeah, they were created in the vast future. Did you know that? Yeah. Here's what they look like in 2003. <laughs> 2003. In uh, North land- Dakota. Yeah. But still just fighting in corridors and sewers. So them being, <laughs> them really being uh, in modern in modern age in or in the past, essentially, uh, doesn't quite make sense because they're in the same sort of environment as they are on spaceships. Maybe so, they'll turn it all around in the next connected DNA alien prequel sequel. One of the big, like, all the Jesuses got got in Covenant, didn't they? But maybe there'll be one left and he'll go, he'll turn up and say, oh, I didn't do DNA experiments well, like all my counterparts. I'm a physicsman. So uh, is a time machine. Was the aliens in there? Now everything's wrapped up in a net, neat little bow. <laughs> Amazing. I like you will appear at random throughout history. Like Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah let's do it. it uh, another sequel that I'm not particularly interested in, but apparently The Nun 2 is confirmed. Plot details have been teased in a casting call, which apparently has gone out across social media. They're obviously not trying to cast the nun because I think the same actress is still playing Valak, the nun. Um, but the nun, the nun two plot synopsis is 1956 France. That's a little while after the original nun, isn't it? I think so. Uh, a priest is murdered. Nun. Oh, you've not. Okay. The no. priest is murdered and evil is spreading. Uh, the sequel to the worldwide smash hit The Nun follows Sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with the demonic force Valak, the nun, the demon nun, t- nun. Uh, so oh, apparently the first movie was set in 1952 Romania, so just four years. Um, a, couple of, a couple of years has passed. It's all about Valak struggling to keep a secret identity. Obviously, in the 50s, not so bad nowadays. Mobile phones and Facebook and that really hard. I can't remember exactly what I said, right? But I'm pretty sure the Nun movie, 2018, is one of those films where it goes, here is, <laughs> and it's, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, here is the origin of this thing. Oh, yeah? yeah. It, it, it already exists. It just the was. origin yeah. of it. It just was. Do you want to know the origin of the nun? Yeah. Mm. What from from those from the conjuring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well basically back in 1952, yeah, yeah. The nun was about then. Yeah, but how did the nun come to be about? Well oh, you find out that in the third prequel. <laughs> not, not a moment sooner. It's almost like I know I've already mentioned not wanting all the details of aliens backstory filled in in minute detail but i want something even if it's just a line uh, someone who was an evil nun died and now they're an evil ghost yeah, yes she was dying she said oh dear the devil bring us back as a ghost will you and he went all right <laughs> dear, dear the devil yeah yeah deal there's some some things do it too uh-uh. much some things do it not enough uh i just need that sweet spot sweet spot of backstory you know i don't want Constant, constant flashbacks. 
I'll have a I'll have an opening five minutes to a movie would yeah. do enough you want, for me. You want like a if... you want like a a Jason origin. He was a he was a little boy. Them counselors weren't looking about. He drowned. Somehow he became a big scary man. He drowned. His mum's fuming. Uh, and that's so it. you need perfect that's origin. You need. There we go. The Nun Two. Talking of sequels, uh, nice sequel themed horror news. But uh, apparently, the very first footage from Halloween Ends was shown at you by shown by Universal at CinemaCon last. It says last night here, but this was like a week ago. So yeah, like it was a few days week. ago, that all this last stuff week. came out, right? Um, but I don't know how you feel about this. I'm 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 not getting overexcited because apparently Jamie Lee Curtis was like, "This is going to be Laurie's last stand. This film's going to fuck you up." And apparently, people are saying, "It's there's loads of murders. It's brutal. People are hiding in closets. Michael Myers has got a knife." <laughs> Laurie and Michael have, have, not have, got a nice brutal, have a brutal fight. I'm not going, I can't wait. I'm going, all right, okay, show me what you got. Because maybe if Halloween Kills was a, a barnstormer, a rip-roarer, I would have been super excited. But because of Halloween Kills, it has kind of nullified my Tempered excitement somewhat. Dampened those expectations, but as soon as I found out that Michael Myers has got a knife in this next one, I thought, sign me up, get me there. Can I book my tickets now? Because I want pre-order. Um, yeah, I, I'm still, I, I still stand by the fact that the quality of Halloween ends could make Halloween kills better. It could mm. improve it if they work together really well. Is, is it like having a having a meal and the starter is absolutely world class, outstanding, beautiful? Couldn't have been be- Couldn't have been better. Maybe a little bit better. Then for your uh, main course, you just have a load of cold rice porridge, uh, <laughs> rice pudding, gruel, <laughs> gruel, and then suddenly Knickerbocker glory for your dessert comes <laughs> you like, out, and you walk <laughs> away thinking I had a good meal. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Re- <laughs> You don't remember the rice pudding gruel shit. You just remember the Knickerbocker Glory had a firework in it as well. like a <laughs> The best ice cream ever. Um, yeah, if that was the... If, that, if that's the case, they could they could turn this all around. Um, but also, with this stuff from CinemaCon in particular, I'm a little bit... I, I temper my expectations a little bit because I've seen other stuff that is unhorror-related. Like apparently, they had footage from the new, the new Top Gun and people like going... Phenomenal, blooming hell! Like <laughs> the, the, the absolutely world. Like... What what a movie! And there's new things about the new Avatar, which my expectations are come and go with yeah. anyway. I but... think I maybe even tweeted I didn't believe it was happening until, and even now I'm still a bit unsure. Even now they're going, here's the title of it, here's some screenshots from it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, but uh, who knows? I feel like with all the stuff they've got, like it's called like what's it called? It's like the underwater adventure or something like that i like it's like the way of the the way of the water or something like that the way of the water um i wouldn't be too surprised let's make a bold claim here maybe james cameron is going to come out and say ha you enjoyed the new avatar well actually not only is it computer generated um visuals computer wrote the script as well this is all an ai developed um (laughs) <laughs> now I developed a thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, like the human has been taken out of the process entirely. Effectively, this is an art mm. installation. I ain't done um, anything. I've, yeah. I've been sat on my ass for years. Been you sat think in my submarine me? for 15 years or whatever many years it's been. <laughs> I was stuck in my submarine for 15 years. Get me out. Uh, yeah. But with all these things like CinemaCon and so on, obviously all the comments that are coming out of it are from members of the press and publications, not true indie productions like ourselves, you understand, you know, old media, mm. old media types yeah, that are invited to these things. And I would argue are to at least a degree, not saying that they're on the payroll, but I guess there's a degree of pressure for them to say like hyperbolic statements of how incredible it is because effectively it's the promotion and that you're inviting mm. these people to this with the expectation that they will help you yeah build um build the hype for it so Hmm. unless it's quite subtly done it immediately puts my suspicions up when people are like oh shit what what an amazing time so i can't wait until they release some of these things for regular schmoes like us to see but um there's some great things there's some great things coming and halloween kills halloween kills halloween ends i'll look forward to seeing very much so yeah, the only thing that annoys me here in the last line, it says last year's movie ended with Michael in brackets, seemingly ending the life of Karen Strode. Don't start the movie of Karen Strode being whizzed off to hospital and going, I'm, oh, I'm all right, it's just a flesh wound. In the bed in the bed next to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, well, just as she's, well, she's leaving the hospital, isn't she? Just as he's leaving the hospital, she's a daughter come in and goes, oh, you as well? Yeah. Oh, he stabbed me. Watch it, mommy has got a knife. I will. Oh. <laughs> watch it, baby. I want Michael to just like, I don't know, sprout dragon wings or some mad shit. Or just <laughs> come the Jeepers know. Creepers man now. Bye. The... <laughs> yeah, see you later. Because obviously they're like he's supernatural. There's something going on. I'll just go, oh, just have some centaur legs or something. Just run off. <laughs> he's like off now. Off you go. Come on. Off you go. Uh okay, that's it for news. Have you seen anything this week that's worth I shouting have about? seen a couple of things. Ah. Little, little special event. So, oh my last God. week, um, it was Dundead Film Festival. Um, sadly, I had a bit of a busy weekend, so didn't get to see as many things that I would that, that I would have liked to have seen. But I did get to go and see Dashcam at long last. Um, oh. Yeah. So, written by previous guests, Dead Shepherd, Rob Savage directed. Um, Bit of a contrary, like this. It's been it's been on a few um, different film festivals around the world so far. It has a limited, at very least, cinema release in June, right? Uh, if, June, yeah, early yeah. June, I believe. And I think we're going to do an episode on it, so I will say very little else about it, other than um, if you get a chance to go and see it, you should. It's 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 a very interesting movie. It does some effective mm. stuff there's some there's some great things to watch about it. it is definitely one i'd recommend that you catch if you get the chance to if there's a screening anywhere or if it go, comes available elsewhere it's worth looking at but uh, so, we'll talk more about it later yeah i'm sure we're gonna ex- cover the movie on the show uh i'm not sure in what to what end we're gonna cover it whether we just do a, a, an episode or whether we'll be able to chat to any of the guys involved i know we've already been speaking to some of the guys involved about possibly coming mm. on the show to discuss some stuff. Um, but John Crinan was there as well. At, um, he was. Dead, I got he? to enjoy it with him. We sat next to him and everything. 
And if you follow our social media, our Instagram, you see a lovely photo of Mr. Conduit Turner and Mr. Crinan together, beaming, happy to be We're at a lovely... film festival, but also in each other's company. Yeah, and also lovely, um, obviously a lovely independent cinema like that. Yeah, John had a nice glass of wine, had a nice beer to go in with me. Oh what my a... God, sounds like time. an absolute dream. If only really, I was not really so far affair. away, I would have been there. I would have been there. Oh, you're um, very welcome. I'm just trying to get this up on my thing now, but of course, the phone app is being incredibly unhelpful and not showing me the rest of the email, but I've got it now. Um, as we're talking Dundead Film Festival, I'll tell you what, I'll just rattle off the other film I've seen that is also that has also been on the mm-hmm. Dundead rap. I've seen um, via VOD, um, we're all going to the World's Fair. Um, it's another independent horror movie Um little bit of a screen movie you know in the in the style of an unfriended um for example lots of the content based around um it's about a young girl who does like a ritual challenge that goes around in a in a horror sense and then the events that follow that and the videos that she both watches and makes that surround it um yeah again an interesting one to watch i don't think it's necessarily going to be everyone's cup of tea there are some there are some artistic decisions. Um, there are some ways that they choose to present the data. And there's some, I think there's some ambiguity with the conclusions that, you know, you can, that you would get various mileage with. But I will say there are one or two of the clips in particular that are quite disturbing when you, when you watch mm-hmm. them. Um, so it's, it's worth, uh, again, worth checking out. And that one's available VOD now mm-hmm. as well i did catch up with the uh, i have caught up with the folks that put the festival on uh, this was the 10th year of the of the dundead movie festival we're really enjoying our festivals this year so i caught up with them very briefly we may um potentially get a little bit of a bonus chat for the for the feed with um, their programming director talking about how they select movies see if they can give us any um any um forewarning of what they're thinking of doing for next year so we can get excited about that early but um they did they did very nicely already um share with me a couple of things they've got done up so if you are a scottish horror fan in preparation for evil dead rise coming out um later in may they're doing an evil dead triple bill um they have vampire that's going to be on in may as well and also if you are not a Scotland-based horror fan, but you want to support independent cinemas and film festivals like this, a lot of their programming, um, horror classics and new releases and things from a number of the things that was on the the Dundead uh, lineup, they're available um, via their their VOD service, DCA at home. So you can look that up. Um, What What is the name of the cinema again? So it's DCA, um, which is the so Dundee Contemporary Arts. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can you can find them by looking up DCA at home. Um, you can take a look at it. The festival itself was called Dundead. As I said, this was its tenth year. So let's uh, see what they come up with for the next ten. Wow. But yeah, um, yeah. really, That's if you, awesome. if you are local to the area, really nice cinema. You can go and have a drink and everything beforehand. Um, it was nice to socialise with with John there as well a little bit, make a bit of a, make a bit of an event of it. Yeah. 
looked amazing sounds amazing looking forward to dash cam and uh world's fair as well i think i need to check out um at some point very soon sounds yeah. good uh Other than that just um the regular yeah. bits and pieces we're regular wrapping up a couple of series there's yeah there's moon knight and it's finale today which i've not watched yet but i've seen up to that point Are you still on with that yeah i think i need to so i need to watch the finale and then the one before that as well so i'm a little bit tiny bit behind but i'll get there yeah. i'll get there but other than that more lovely uh aliens versus predators yeah so the only thing that i've seen this week is i watched super mario brothers after <laughs> after luke mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and i couldn't get out of my head you know i had to go back i had to go and watch it and yeah it is every bit as nuts as i remember it being um i read a review which said this is Blade Runner meets Power Rangers. And, you know, that, totally if, there's, if there's a description of it that's accurate, it's that. Um, it is it's bonkers, you know. Uh, I don't know how good it is. I remember f- when I was younger, enjoying it quite a lot. Now I was a bit like, uh, yeah, it's tonally, it's a bit all over the place. Um, but yeah, it's still, you can watch that. It's on, that's on Prime at the moment. Um, and I did also, last night, I w- so I thought I'd mention this just because there it's kind of was a bit of like horror for me as a kid growing up um definitely an influence on my taste in horror so last so last night i went to watch the lion the witch and the wardrobe stage show oh yes at bristol hippodrome um and it was it was a good adaptation but it's a story that i've always kind of been fond of because i read the books when i was a kid uh but the one thing i did re-watch as well after watching that was there is an animated version uh, which was made in 1979, uh, animated version of Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and I had it, I think my mum recorded it off of t- off of TV uh, across two VHS tapes. You know, when you ran out of one VHS tape, yeah. you had to go on to the next one. So I probably missed like a good couple of minutes. Um, this version of it, the 1979 animated version, is it's like super British, very middle class. Um, and for like with an adult mindset now, and even watching the show last night, I realised... This is just like a story about Jesus. Aslan is Jesus. Jesus the Lion. Yeah. And C.S. Lewis, obviously, who wrote the books, uh, it turns out he does love Jesus. He absolutely has. He'd have been, you know, when he'd have been right at home, C.S. Lewis rocked up to the dad in The Witch. Yeah. He thought he was brilliant. He's like, you love Jesus, do you? I've written a series of seven um, (laughs) children slash young adult novels, which are very heavily... Um, allegorious of Jesus, and did you? Brilliant, come in. Let's have a read. Um, this animated show, uh, animated film. Sorry, I watched dozens of times growing up as a kid. It's quite a freaky, you know, like like old animated shows or old animated movies, where the animation's a bit iffy and some of the characters look a bit odd and weird and elongated and strange, and the voices are a bit. And because I watched it on two like old VHSs, uh, I, I think it was all a bit broken and yeah, you know, probably recorded on long play as well, so you get more out of the video, stretches it yeah, out a bit. Exactly, exactly. But there's some something about it. Like something like, obviously the witch was pretty terrifying, but also some of the other scary creatures were terrifying. I was even a bit freaked out by Mr. Tumnus. There's a bit where he starts playing a flute to like lull one of the kids into a into a state of uh, creepy into, and a modern with a modern mindset, isn't it? Don't with a <laughs> 
Don't creepily put kids to sleep with your panpipes, Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, but there's something like really odd and unnerving about it. I, w- I watched it again and I was a bit like, okay, now I remember it's just obviously just a, a feel-good little cartoon version of this show. But there was that in the BBC Lion Witch in the Wardrobe live action Yeah, show. I remember, remember that? I remember that one with Aslan the Lion. Do, does his yeah. hot breath to bring you back to life? And you <laughs> he turn does to stone. Does. <sighs> He does his hot breath. Don't breathe on me, Aslan, you dirty old lion. <laughs> what What does Aslan eat, right? Because I think he loves all the animals and all that, right? He's like, oh, all the animals, they're good for bringing uh, Narnia back to what it was used to be. Uh, get, rid of, get rid of the winter. We want spring around here. Does he eat animals? Does he run around eating them? I guess he eats hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get hummus from in, the, in, in Narnia? Oh, there's a co-op. Uh, only one co-op, which is a Mr. bit. Mr. Tumnus is before the win- before the endless winter, where it's always winter, never Christmas. He um, really did do a lot of um, chickpeas. Stocked up on chickpeas. Yeah, I thought so. Tins of chickpeas um, is all you can get now in in Narnia. Yeah, but it is because there's I war think... on in the regular world. Exactly, but uh, it's a story that I've always been fond of. But now, I, as I said, with an adult mindset, I realise it is basically just Jesus. But also, the stuff that used to scare me doesn't scare me so much anymore. But I think as a kid, it was still that weird, creepy, unnerving, like, British animation. Yeah. felt a little bit... Our country in the 70s produced some creepy, creepy animations. The problem I always said with Narnia is less the Jesus story and more that it could have been avoided with just just better legal counsel. Because the whole point is that Edmund piece of shit he betrays his his yeah, brother well, and his, his, his brother and sisters to the queen and then the queen says oh well edmund you're a betrayer so you've got to be stabbed up on this stone tablet on this stone table aslan yeah. goes well i'll take the punishment for him and he gets stabbed and then he goes ah sucked in i'm jesus i can come back to life yeah he goes oh fucking hell and she gets she gets done in because of it like bearing in mind that edmund only sells out is brother and sisters because the queen goes oh me i'm nice i'm not i'm not bad at all um if you tell she me she also you, says if... <laughs> she yeah, also yeah. goes do you like turkish delight do you i got a house full of turkish delight and rather than saying that sounds mad that sounds no sus. One, that sounds sus uh maybe you've got like a bit of turkish delight but a whole house full but no he yeah. gets bought into it and it turns out he values turkish delight and hot chocolate over the lives of his brothers and sisters. Well, the thing is, he doesn't say t- she doesn't ever say to him, at least not in the versions I've seen, I'll tell us where your brothers and sisters are so I can murder them. She says, like, oh, because I'm nice. So technically, yeah. if they just said, Well, I didn't betray them, I thought I was doing a nice thing because you you yeah. betrayed me. If you, if Trisha had been there so and actually, said, Listen, right, Queen, if you're so... if you're pointing the finger, you've got to think those three fingers pointing back at you. She'd have been straight on that table. You have to get on the table and get stabbed. Hoisted <laughs> by your own petard, the White Queen. And she'd be like, That's... oh, you've got me fair cut. Stab us you, up, I guess. You've absolutely mugged, you've mugged me off. Yeah. yeah and then yeah, Aslan would yeah. come up and say, ah, but have you got coming back to life powers? She'd go, oh, no, I haven't, actually. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> See you later, stabbed. Aslan <laughs> kills her by, like, jumping on her and turning into her into, like, smoke. <laughs> In the cartoon, anyway. He, like, jumps on her and, like, pins her down and she goes, Psh! It was just a smoke. That's graphics at the time that they didn't have the graphical fidelity to be able to put a lion tearing a middle-aged woman apart. Yeah. There we go. I mean, it's a glow up for Jesus, right? He spent all that time as a man with a beard. What's better than that in this fictional version? 
Don't know, lion. Yes. Well, in the well, in the stage in the stage show, they had like a puppet of Aslan, but also a man in a fur coat walking around, being his being the lion's voice. Aslan. I didn't. I didn't know who to look at. Asman. I didn't know who to look at. I was like, "There's the man talking. I'm looking at him, but he's supposed to be the lion." So I look at the lion. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know where I was coming and going. Should have put that man in the puppet. That would have made sense, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. There we go. That's all I've seen this week with my eyes, uh, apart from two different chapters of uh galactic beasties going toe to toe for some reason or another space uh, wrestlemania this is space wrestlemania especially the image that you've got as the background that is that is like the rock and stone cold steve austin facing off facing off forget hulk hogan versus andre the giant forget the rock versus stone cold steve austin forget uh who else john cena versus I was going to say, we've already said The Rock. Is it his enemies? <laughs> the, forget the Iron Sheik in a battle royale versus Doink the Clown and Honky Tonk Man and all that stuff. Uh, we've got the ultimate face-off, and it is this week's movie, uh, which is Alien versus Predator, stylized as AVP, Alien versus Predator. And then the sequel is Aliens versus Predator, Re- Requiem, and they've done the Aliens, James Cameron, thing with the s on the end that's always a good good idea it could lose the avp bit couldn't it avp what's that stand for alien versus predator just call it alien versus predator for god's sake alien versus predator but also requiem Uh, the wankiest possible title requiem yeah i think so very wanky so alien versus predator is a 2004 science fiction action film written and directed by paul ws Anderson, starring Sanal Lafan, Raul Bova, Lance Henriksen, Ewan Bremner, Colin Salmon, all the big names and faces coming up in this, as the first film installment of the Alien vs. Predator franchise, adapting a crossover, bring together the alien creatures, Xenomorphs, and the Predator from Predator, who are called like what? Yukatai? Like, I don't Yukutai. know. They, they have like yeah. a, it's a, it's a year, certainly. Yeah. So it's a concept which originated in a 1989 comic book. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, it seems to like veto a lot of the origin of, of either character that's been established in the movies up to this point, especially in terms of timelines. It doesn't quite make sense. Uh, but yeah, during an archaeological expedition in Antarctica, classic place for an alien invasion, yeah. a team of archaeologists and other scientists, don't forget the other scientists, all right? You know, I'm not an archaeologist. Oh, well. Uh, Sorry to tie you with the same brush. Find themselves caught up in a battle between two legends. Soon, the team realise only one species can win. Um, Humans. Always (laughs) humans. It's always humans. This is where the chosen ones were offered to the gods. Those that were chosen would lie here. (laughs) Oh, God. It's incredible. Look at this. Look at that. Straight bone. There's no abrasions, nothing. That's nice. Ever seen anything like it? No idea how long it's been here, but the temperature's kept it preserved. So the tagline for this movie is, whoever wins, we lose. However, however, 
in this movie, it wants you to want the Predator to win. It goes the Predator, right? It's trying to stop the alien getting off on into the planet and killing everyone. Predator is just going to kill the aliens and then go home. So the tagline shouldn't be whoever wins, we lose. The tagline should be Predator, can you win, please? Yeah. Try your whoever, best. whoever wins, it'd be better if the Predator wins. Don't want the alien to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got some uh, choice reviews here. Oh, um, oh actually, oh, actually. So this movie is 5.6 on IMDb, 2.4 on Letterboxd. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 21% critic score, but a 39% audience score. The dizzy heights of 39%. Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, can't believe it. Uh, so choice reviews on Letterboxd. Jay Bird says... Predator and Alien face off in a test, both getting some stuff off their chest. Humans can hide, take the Predator's side. The team's gone because he took care of the rest. Oh, I didn't read it before I started. It ain't very good. Uh, you didn't read it until you read it. <laughs> Two and a half stars. I'd give that limerick. <laughs> I'd give that limerick. Uh, two stars. Parker on Letterboxd says, what was going on in their heads when they decided to make this PG-13? I mean, it's true because, like, who are you aiming this at? Like, the movies, alien movies, predator movies, are like eighteen rated. So why are you suddenly going? Hang on a minute. Are you? I was about to say, are you targeting the people that read the comic book? But if the people read the comic book in nineteen eighty nine, then they're old enough to watch a, an art. Yeah. You know, unless um, they were unless they were like two years old when they read the comic book. And one more uh, from sort of Parker rates it one star. And Diamond Bolt says, "Slimy vo- slimy boy versus Big Chonker." Three stars. The big chunker. <laughs> I don't know. The big chunker. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah. So obviously we've reviewed a lot of alien movies on this podcast. I think we've reviewed Alien, Aliens, Alien Free, Alien Resurrection, and Alien Covenant, not done Prometheus. And I think the only Predator movie we've reviewed is The Predator. He's on the new, yeah, the newest one. We've not done any of the old ones or. No. Or Predators, that's the one where it's no. Jungle Planet in Space. Jungle Planet in Space, yeah. Um, and obviously from watching this movie, one thing I do realise is that taking these characters, taking these legendary creatures and putting them in like a modern... Amer- I mean, this first movie, not so bad because Antarctica, not many human beings around in like an ancient pyramid. So like, that's kind of fine. But Alien vs. Predator Requiem, they just go, stick it in a bloody in the town for Twin Peaks or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't mind in particular the predator in, uh, you know, contemporary like earth or the past. In fact, isn't the, isn't the new one they're working on in the past? It's pirate. Times, I, like, it? I, I like the sound. Yeah. So I think that's set in like, uh, is it pirate times or is it like the past anyway? The past. I guess yeah. I think it's like pirates could live anytime. I suppose <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, I like the idea of that. And Predator in the city, Predator 2, Predator in the big city, I like as well. So I think Predator in these sort of environments, I don't mind. It's alien. It's a xenomorph in in like a town with a library and a swimming pool that I'm, <laughs> that I'm a little bit baffled by. It just doesn't quite sit right. It feels a bit odd. And as I already mentioned... The, the alien and the predator still kind of fight in close quarters and like corridors and sewers and interiors it's not like 
they turn up on a football field or have a fight in a shopping mall. Yeah. There's none of that. So it almost feels unnecessary to have it in modern day. The only reason they do that is to for the body count, isn't it? The fact that they go, let's just mug everyone off. And then yeah. when the pred alien is 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 knocking about going into maternity wards and uh dishing out them eggs. Dishing out them eggs. He bursts in, Eggos for Pregos, everyone. <laughs> right, that's it. Who's pregnant in here? Because you're getting a load, load, load of eggs, Dan, yet. Uh, that, so that's, that's a weird choice. We'll we'll get on to that when we get to... We're not going to do the second movie in full, but we'll talk about that or some of the yeah. odd choices in that one. Yeah, so, I mean, Alien versus Predator, the 2004 movie, the basics of it are the... Lance Henriksen is Charles Bishop Wayland, the billionaire head of Wayland Corporation, obviously from the Alien franchise. Um, and he gets a crew of people together, like people who are experienced in various things, like uh, Alexa Woods, who's like a guide who spent, who's like an Antarctic explorer. She's good at climbing and just uh, navigating and all that stuff. And then like professors, archaeologists, people who can read like hieroglyphs, um, engineers and i think just like um people who are good with guns soldiers soldiers some soldiers as well gets them all together and says we're going to antarctica to go to this pyramid um because it's just because it just turned up one day and he's like well this is going to be mine and he wants to i guess make a mark or find something incredible because we'll come to it not too long into the film but he's poorly so he thinks right i've got to I want to do something that really makes my mark on the world. He's one of those people who's got a horrible, d- disgusting sounding cough where you're like, they're definitely on the precipice of death. Yeah, a bit and of guitar. They're like, they're like, and then you go, oh, are you all right? And he goes, I'm fine. Yeah, fine. Just uh, just nearly died. That was all. Nearly coughed the lug up. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. If I cough too hard, I will like vom out my skeleton and that'll be it then <laughs> for me. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've got to be careful. I love Lance Henriksen in general, but also when he pops up in these movies, because I just think, yes, it's it's a good time. Um, And it kind of makes sense based on his existence in the franchise as Bishop. He turns up in Alien 3 at the end as well, doesn't he? Is is he also a robotman there, though? It's hard to to say. It's a different way. Obviously, if he died in 2004, spoilers, then he he must be dead by the distant future yeah that's true but then but then again i don't think we can take anything that happens in alien versus predator as canon to the alien or predator movies i mean the predator one's fine they've obviously gone about different planets and that had a right laugh killing things and (laughs) killing things and and being predators on things uh but the alien stuff whacking aliens down there and so we'll put these in and then we'll do that as like a test it feels like the origin of the aliens. Like nobody really knew until Ridley Scott went, let's put it in a film. Um, and I think it was supposed to sort of stay that way, that this was almost like an ancient race of like the perfect organism. And sure, we maybe thought it had been manufactured in some way by somebody, but we really knew. So, you know, we don't need to. Yeah, I kind of, I'll say this in defense of this movie. I kind of like it better that there were just, they were just a thing that was out in space. Space is massive. There's all sorts of things that you mm. could find out there. Maybe the aliens were just one of them. Like, you don't need to be like, you know, when you watch Jaws, it's not like 
If you think about it, that's a bonkers thing. This thing that lives under the water, it's got loads of teeth, it's massive. I don't need to understand where a shark came from. It's just a, th- it's just a thing that exists. When it gets so big, I want an origin. I want the shark as a kid eating loads of stuff. So I know how big it got. And one of, the other little teeth. Sh- one of the other little sharks goes, oh, no, we shouldn't really eat people. They don't taste that nice. And then he gets killed by a person and Jaws goes, oh, God, I am going to yeah. eat them. I am I'll teach them. Uh, yeah, they're going to need yeah. a bigger boat yeah. for me. I, I kind of, I, I kind of like, I, I kind of, I'm quite happy with them just being a dangerous type of animal that lives in space. And if you're someone like the predator, maybe you do grab a queen and freeze it in the ice at massive inconvenience and only go to Earth every once every hundred years for reasons. Yeah. Uh, so um, obviously, maybe that's fine. So, so as with all the predator movies, it is essentially just like a a training expedition, um, team building. For some, uh, <laughs> yeah, we never, we never, we see a bit of their planet in episode two, but on on Predator Planet, this is a corporate getaway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a corporate getaway, um, and surely, like the scariest corporate getaway for them. This has got to be the biggest challenge they've ever come up against. We see some stuff in a flashback where they're on top of a pyramid fighting thousands of aliens. Yeah, That's just- too many blazing away because they've obviously failed to stop the egg production and get into too many of them but luckily predators have always got a fail safe which is um nuke everything essentially the umbrella corporation um method of if everything kicks off too much just nuke it just nuke everything they're not they're not quite nukes though they're kind of yeah you're right it is exactly the umbrella corporation where it's just a generic science explosion where blinding white light obliterates everything yeah, it's, yes, it's kind of odd. But obviously, the Predator tech, I think, gets more of a focus than any other film in these two movies. Maybe not so much in the first one, but definitely in the second. Um, there's stuff that I'm like, oh, I didn't know they had that. It got a bloody, like, like the um, Batman's utility belt full of bits and bobs to help take down the older aliens. They got, they got discs, you got your spear gun. I think comics and have you played any of the AVP games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, Even the bad. I think there's there's, there's, there's a, a lot, bad there's one, a lot in there. there, right? That that is just all of the weapons you get yeah. as the predator. The disc is the best one. Just wazzing that frisbee about and it mm. just minces everyone. Has it got the 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 net that slowly closes on its victim? I don't think. I'm not no. sure the is net that, is, is that in exclusive, there. exclusively in this film because that the xenomorph with like the the net pattern on its head and it's bleeding acid looks cool yeah that looks good we like that um yeah so so yeah so as we mentioned lance henderson bishop wayland there is a pyramid like two thousand feet beneath the ice uh he's discovered it through thermal imaging and he wants to get there as soon as possible because he thinks there are going to be other countries and other billionaires i'm assuming he's a billionaire yeah. um oh yeah well- billionaire head all the other, all the other billionaires are going to be after this uh, pyramid to call it, to name it after their company and what have you. So he wants to get there, there first. So much so, he very rarely questions any of the really questionable things that happen in getting there. First things first, hmm. though, he hires, he's going to hire Lex, uh, and she's climbing up the mountain when she gets a phone call. She's doing like a Mission Impossible two except dice so harder um <laughs> she's climbing up a mountain ever so slippery yeah and she gets a phone call it's british actor colin sermon hello 
and he goes, oh, um, all right, do you want to um, come and see uh, Mr. Wayland? Uh, he really needs your help for an expedition. He will fund your, uh, your organization that you work for, for a whole year. He missed, John Hammond's it. And John goes, Hamm- oh, I was just about to say that. That's a John Hammond. It's like, we will let you dig up dinosaurs for a whole bloody year if you can come yeah. and have a look at what I've got. Can you just, can you not pay me <laughs> to do my job? No, no, we'll fund the organisation. Proves that you're a good person, that you don't have bills to pay or whatever, but you, like, you happily have an organisation paid on your behalf, funded for an entire year. Wow. If you'll just come and meet with him, she goes, oh, I'd love to. It's going to take me a week to get back home. And then... How'd she get a signal where she salmon. Really good network, obviously. Wayland. <laughs> they use the Wayland network. Um, and then she, what happens? She gets to the top of the cliff and he was calling just her. just there. From, he's like, oh, I was calling you. I'm just there. That's stalk, stalker behaviour. Because <clears throat> if she'd outright said no, it would have been well awkward. Oh, because she would have climbed up at the same point and gone... Lift down. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure you can? Yeah. I've come um, all this way. So... What seems to happen in this film, though, is that they shove in, like, all of the story into like the f- into this sequence, which I think is the aliens sequence of the of essentially the Marines being briefed, and I think they also do it in Prometheus as well, where they've got everybody in the team being briefed by Guy Pearce's character. Um, I think that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, so basically they do the same as that. Lance Henriksen basically feels this room with um, all the scientists ex- all the scientists about with so much exposition where it's just like spud this from, is what uh, we think but from train spottings on the way but from train spotting still scottish there which i enjoyed you know oh, you could he... have easily gone this is an american guy but no graham from yeah graham is his name uh and he's the heart of this movie he's too good for this he's too yeah. good for this world it's like he's oh, got should kids I, should i take pictures to show my kids that wasn't always boring you go into Antarctica, Graham. Already, already, I think you've got case to say, you know, case to say that you're you're doing all right. And he's um, T- Tommy Flanagan's like an armed escort dude. He's like a guy I recognise from loads of British gangster films. Um, Colin Salmon, who we obviously have discussed in the Resident Evil movie recently. We'll obviously get to his death, but it's quite fascinating how it pans yeah. out. Um, He's like his number. He's like his number one man, right? He's his number one guy. Yeah, his number one man. Yeah, there's other soldiers who are like they almost look like a Norwegian uh, Eurovision act. Maybe they've all got like silver jackets on and spiky blonde peroxide hair. And there's a whole load of drill men who are going to drill down because this this temple, by the way, isn't in Antarctica. Just sitting about, they haven't found it because actually. It's really far under the ice. It's right down there. Mm. Yeah, as it, as it happens, uh, <laughs> I do enjoy the the. <laughs> what do they say? They when they introduce the drilling team. Oh my god, I can't remember what they say. But they say something like, "We're re good at drilling." They go, "Oh, we're the best drillers in the business. We'll get you down there." We'll but get you down um, there. Alex is having none of it. She goes, "Well, basically, guys." Um, that drilling, he said, oh, he said, we'll be down there and we'll get you drilled down there in like seven days. He goes, yeah, but plus the three weeks it'll take to train everyone yeah. to, to get everyone ready. He goes, oh, we haven't got that amount of, we haven't got that amount of time. And All right, he says, well, I guess I, I ain't doing it then. See you in, see you in hell. 
but he basically persuades him by going, oh, yeah, we've got someone who's really shit that says they'll take us. Oh, he's rubbish. Don't don't go with him. So, oh, well, <laughs> if you're if you're not going to do it, I guess I guess we'll just all go and dive in. Guilt trips are into it. Yeah. OK, I'll give it a go, I suppose. Bloody hell. No training. Embarrassing. But you know what? Uh, like, joke's on you, Alex, because then that bit goes absolutely fine because they get to the site with absolutely zero incident. In fact, all that happens is we see them driving cars there. So, you know, didn't need to be particularly resilient. Just had to drive in a car to that bit of Antarctica. Yeah. And they have a, she has a chat with the Italian archaeologist about, what's that? Oh, we, we in Italy, we call that... Um, something in Italian. She's like, oh, yeah, what's that in English? Oh, it's the Hunter's Moon. Oh, yeah, we have Hunter's Moons. You've just said it in Italian. It's like, a, I don't like a link, that linguist dude is just like, oh, every, everything he says is supposed to have such a, like, impact where, like, everyone goes, ooh, but I had a guts for. Yeah. I had a guts for, to be fair. Uh, you, see, that, you, see that, uh, you see that, like, uh, frozen, frozen pond over there? You know what we call that in France, Ben? La Pate Noire. <laughs> What's that mean? Oh, it's 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 ice skating rink in, in French. Oh, yeah, we got them. We got them. <laughs> we got them. We we call them we call them ice skating rinks. Just you said it in a different language. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, and they do have a bit like a, a hieroglyph off. Is that how you call it? Where they go, here's what this hieroglyph says. And he goes, actually, I think you've got it slightly wrong. It's actually this. And he goes, oh, right, bloody hell, I missed that class. Um, it's like... <laughs> missed that class at fucking know-it-all school, mate, where you went. <laughs> yeah. So they go, Just... down the, they go down the tunnel. There's a bit where, obviously, um, Bishop Wayland, like, sl- there's like a mal- malfunction in there, and he goes slipping, he goes sliding slipping, down he goes the slipping hole. down reasonably slowly, but, of course, this is the, the tunnel they should have questioned in the first place because they arrive at the site. Um, Graham gets a little bit of a jump scare with the penguin. We think it's going to be a face hugger, don't we? But no, it's just a penguin. Nice little oh, yeah. penguin. This um, little town is a bit like 30 Days of Night, isn't it? Like a little yeah, sleepy, uh, scary Antarctic. Yeah, and they're like, when they get to the little town, they're like, oh yeah, everyone in this town disappeared 100 years ago. Uh, big mystery. You didn't investigate it any further? like Because there's still literally plates and everything on the table. So I, by the looks of this, the mystery is that why no one checked. Um but yeah, and we see, at least in the version I saw, I didn't remember this from when it was on at the cinema. You see a couple of seconds of those people getting got in the past mm. at the very yeah. beginning, but it, it comes to nothing really. But after they've yeah. done the penguin jump scare, um, a predator spaceship in space just lasers a hole to the to the to the pyramid under yeah, under they the just ice. goes. We could drill in. Have a look at this. That was obviously a bit where, where the ship. This is pretty a pretty cool shot where the ship obviously comes right down over the whaling station, and obviously because it's just the because of the weather and the wind, uh, people don't even hear it. You just see it fly over, and they're not even looking. Yeah, and it's it's predator, so it can go invisible. And then, yeah, they laser they laser a hole in the ice, which they just look at and they go, "This all they they get their sat map sat map out and everything, and they're like, look at this. This is yesterday." No hole this morning. That's the hole. Straight straight Pro- down to it. Bet those Probably drillers feel right mugged do. off. They'll be like, oh. Yeah, what do we do? Do we still get paid? Go home, I guess. Do we just go home? 
It looks like it. Yeah, is. this is when they, so they go down, and this is the bit you were saying. So Waylon takes a bit of a tumble, and he's sliding. I would say at a perfectly comfortable water slide speed. He could just go down like that. Yeah, yeah. I know. Why is he terrified? They all think he's, he's like, going to die. What's uh, at the end? <laughs> uh, someone catch him as he slowly passes. So Alexa just goes. I'll risk maybe jamming this. <laughs> what is she? Was it like a mountaineering like an ice axe, ice pick thing, ice axe? Yeah, that's it. Um, and she just like gets his hood and saves him, stops him falling down. Yeah, stops him. Sl- but yeah, and also they already mentioned that the that the tunnel has been drilled at a perfect thirty degree angle. Slide down then. It sounds fine. It sounds absolutely fine, doesn't it? Yeah. 30 degree angle sounds comfortable. I think that's how uh, Jimmy Savile was buried. <laughs> he was buried at an angle, apparently. That's all I remember before they dug him up and uh, I guess just slung his body off the cliff. <laughs> yes, um, slid it into a temple underground to be slid it into a temple. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so obviously, discover the pyramid, have a little look about. It's got a load of, it's basically like an ancient civilization pyramid. There's like a sacrificial chamber with human skeletons. They've all got, got all of rib the, cages. All of the signs of the different pyramid building civilizations. Oh, yeah. So there was, you know, little bits of Cambodia, little bits of Egypt, little bit of yeah. the Aztecs. Like, oh, these aliens. It's a bloody pyramid been designed. Everyone put their heads together, right? It's a lovely combination. Aliens must have taught us how to make these. They've, they, they, we worship them as gods, and in turn, they didn't teach us how to do space travel and lasers. They taught us how to stack up big old pyramids. Um, so, yeah, that's what that's that's what that's what they did. Um, do you know the Do you know the the three predators right that arrive now? Do you know what their names are? No, have they got names? They've got names. Uh, so you've got Scar. Uh, not played by Jeremy Iron, Irons. Uh, I think you can work out which one Scar is. He's the one who, who puts alien acid on his body to mark yeah. himself. He's basically like the main predator. Uh, the main but there's one, there's one called Celtic or Celtic, depending on how you want to say that, and Chopper. Is Chopper the what? one with the really big wrist blade thing? I don't know, but have they called him Chopper simply because of the alien uh, simply because of the famous get to the chopper line yeah although that that comes in in requiem doesn't it it um, comes in a record and we'll get to it but it comes in in requiem like just in the, this lame ass delivery ever um yeah so those three predators arrive and what they do is they kill all of the team members who are left on the surface like the drillers um, <laughs> the poor drillers have been absolutely <laughs> screwed over it <laughs> mugged off Stay in this, stay in this dank old abandoned town for a week yeah. before we get out here, and then get predated. Get absolutely predated, and it seems unnecessary, doesn't it? But I guess predators—they that's their favorite thing to do. Just uh, take people out, string people up, they, and they do hang hang some bodies up upside down as well, don't they? Love doing yeah, that. Yeah, the lore of the predators is. Uh, Really interesting and a really good thing about them, but I would say from the films, really inconsistently used. Because if these are just blue collar workers, I think some of the guys are guards and they've got guns, but there must be some people that are just workers there. They're like, oh, kill them, I guess. Yeah, just kill them. 
Um, so yeah, after they've done that, they go down to the pyramid as well. Do they surfboard down? I can't remember. <laughs> and yeah, they, they get down there. They just go down on their belly. One of the guys, one of the guys who is the guards, he goes down, doesn't he? He has a slide down. Yeah, but does he do it on purpose? Yeah, he's yeah, trying to get he's, away. He's he? knackered when he's at the bottom, and they just stab him while he's on the floor. Yeah. They walk away, and I think he thinks he's 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 fine. But then he the the, the I guess it's Chopper turns up and goes, chop it, chop. I, I thought um, for a second that he might get away with it because he's all covered in snow and ice. I thought, oh, is he going to be infrared invisible because he's all freezing? But no, he wasn't. It was wow. just it's annoying, isn't it? Um. So yeah, this pyramid is a bit like you'd say it was a bit like the house in Thirteen Ghosts. Also a bit like the, uh, like, I guess, cube. It's a bit cube, where, yeah. Where it moves uh, and closes different sections off at different times. I guess it's because it's supposed to be like a sort of escape room type environment. Yeah, it's a, the... it's a, it's a special predator escape room. Um, yeah. But they, it gets activated because um, the explorers down at the bottom, they find, um, they, they find like a, like a, plinth and in there there's a little treasure box and it's got predator lasers in there that have been kept for safekeeping <laughs> but when predators, predators are a space-faring race if they left these down there for a hundred years assuming they would still be compatible my iphone needs a new charger every every <laughs> generation imagine getting down there and be like right what we've got to kill these zedemoth we've got these hundred year old guns you what that's embarrassing <laughs> that's embarrassing Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Just bring stuff with them. They've got a lot of gear with them. Just have another couple of extra not, holsters. Not lasers, though. <laughs> not lasers, no. Um, it's a pretty powerful gun, you know, but still. Yeah, they all take the guns. And it's like... Um, it's like the guys taking the raptor eggs in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. You know that taking those guns has automatically set off a sequence of events that's going to have to pay off at yeah. some point. It's not going to be a good payoff for the characters. And the alien queen's already been woken up in the bowels of the of the of the chambers somewhere and has been shocked into that right. Get some eggs out. Um wake up. Wake up. 
alien queen. Get laid. Get laid. First of all, I know you're freezing, but warm up, all right? We've stuck the eating on. So yeah, the episode so you know, <laughs> for the the boilers come on. Radiators come on. Radiators are boiler. So get this conveyor belt going. They, get they some had, eggs. What what we don't know is that a few days before this, they sent a plumber predator down just to make sure everything was ticking along nicely to to wake the queen up. Well, now pipes are frozen. It's going to take <laughs> what a job. <laughs> plumber predator coming down. You should have um, you should have left this on just ticking over. By turning it off entirely, thinking you'll save yourself a few quid, actually, this is going to cost you loads. Pipes are burst. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, starts legging, laying eggs straight, straight away. Uh, predators are gluttons for punishment because it's not most bloody horrible. So it's almost like... If you can freeze them and just keep them, just yeah. keep a nice number of the soldiers that they want to fight, just keep them frozen yeah. down there. Yeah, maybe they killed all the ones last time, so they need fresh, need new ones, need fresh. So maybe they need, yeah, they need fresh aliens to fight. You're right. So, um, yeah. so that's what she's up to. But then when they take the lasers, that's what activates basically the the. Oh yeah, the eggs are on like conveyor belts as well, aren't they? So they're coming along, and then the the group is split into two. In the first bit where they find these laser guns, this is when um, Graham, part of the movie, says. Oh, this is like finding Moses's DVD collection. Slightly dated reference, Graham. You could say this is like finding laser guns in a pyramid. That would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Moses's yeah, they, they, DVD collection. Come on. They find the laser guns. Um, Alex kind of says, "No, my job is to keep everyone safe." Colin Salmon's having none of it. He's like, "Nah, we're staying here to look at these now." So, um, <laughs> so. Uh, Fuck is and then they pull out. Got real bad attitudes in this film. Yeah, he does. Not professional at all. They break the rules. They break the rules immediately because they're like, "You follow my rules immediately." Everyone's breaking the rules. She sets some pretty simple rules. No one goes off on their own. No one tries to be a hero. Everyone does all of those things. Yeah. Uh, Deserve. Although Bishop does respect her rules and goes, "No, come on." She says, "We'll explore more tomorrow." Let's knock it on the head, but we will bring the laser guns out with us, and that's what yeah. he does have it horrible, all up. another horrible cough, didn't they? Where you're like, oh, yeah, he was. I've got got too excited thinking about thinking about lasers. <laughs> yeah, um, she's like, are you alright? He's like, no, I am nearly dead. Yeah. But um, they they kind of have a nice connection because Bishop strikes me as someone who isn't all bad, Waylon, because they go around and Alex even yeah. says at one point, this is where they get a bit of character growth. Some people's character growth is like moments like this where. Alex says, oh, yeah, the, one of, the first time I climbed up this massive mountain, it was with my dad, and he was reaped poorly on the way up. Um, but he said, no, no, come on, we won't turn back. We'll we'll climb up stuff. And we had champagne. I had my first drink of champagne with my dad. He died, like, on oh, the yeah, way down, died though. on the way down, like yeah, 20 died, minutes from... Died on the way down, 20 minutes from the hospital and in terrible pain for hours. And then Bishop kind of goes, ah, but... He would have been all right if he didn't have that glass of champagne. Turned out it tipped him over the edge. Yeah, that weakened him a little bit too much. And then Bishop <laughs> kind of says, uh, but does he? do you think he remembers the pain or does he remember having champagne with his daughter? Of course, he would have said he doesn't remember anything. He's dead. But um, you don't remember a damn thing because he's worm food, mate. All bones right? he's just, now, mate. He's bones. He's got no memories in the bones. Yeah, um, but, you know, he makes a good point, whereas other people's character development is like uh, the blonde soldier lady who has a gun and she goes, oh, what we got that gun for? Julie Assange. 
She goes, uh, she, yeah, <laughs> what is for? She loves Julie Assange. Julie Assange in this film. I don't know who's in this. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. Do you need a gun, Julian Assange, to go to go and look at the, the, the pyramids? He goes, oh, yeah, but it's like having a condom on you, isn't it? It's, uh, I'd rather have it and what? not need it than need it and not have one. Do you, do you know what's kind of frustrating about these films is that as people who have seen all the other movies and you expect most people who watch these films understand how xenomorphs work and you know we know that they're eggs and then face huggers and stuff it having it having witnessing characters see it for the first time and having to experience it and go through it all the time i don't know like i think we as an audience you always feel like one step ahead and in a way it's a bit frustrating because you're like all right catch up we we know how this works yeah. um the facehuggers are quite effective though, because this happens now, right? When they trigger it, so one of the rooms mm. full of people, little eggs come up like they're serving up a dinner, and it's like, oh, eggs! But then the eggs open, and facehuggers start getting people fairly immediately. Yeah, pretty much immediately. And this this is the thing, right? I've always been kind of unsure about the life cycle of a xenomorph and how long it takes a xenomorph to be, first of all impregnated not impregnated for a human being to be impregnated by a face hugger then for a little xenomorph to come out and then for that xenomorph to be a fully grown xenomorph what is the time period we're looking at here because that's an alien what do you think is a good time period ben because it feels like in this film they realized they were approaching an hour in there were no aliens to fight yet so they thought right let's crack on with this and it feels like the whole face hugger stuff yeah it's about ten minutes. Is it yeah? It's about ten minutes from hatch to fully grown alien. Yeah, and I guess from the original, from the nineteen seventy nine original, like gestation is that it's the okay. word? Yeah, because they get they get William Hurt in. He goes they get bed, William Hurt. Right? He go to bed and, then, and get up in the morning and. Yeah, so it, he he has it on him overnight because it's on his face when yeah, they bring him right. into the ship. Um, in the morning, it just drops off, and he goes, "Oh, bloody hell, I feel better." And okay, I feel great. Maybe I feel that's right as of... rain, <laughs> right as rain. Oh, that was a weird. That was a weird experience. Um, but I guess I'm fine. Um, you know, and then other films like Alien Resurrection, it feels like that guy has a good few hours because he's trying to like hold it in until he can bash it through that guy's face at the end. Um, yeah. Oh and God! Alien Three, Ripley feels like she's runs a full human term with it. She's got months. She got ages. Yeah. This honestly feels like ten minutes. For ten minutes, the facehuggers drop off. The aliens come out immediately. There's no like going about your normal day. Yeah, you've barely got time to stand back up after the after the facehuggers dropped off. It's bursting out. Bursting out yeah. Moments but obviously, later. I guess what they did here was they just sped up the whole process in order to. Yeah, the, the predators are coming down. It'd just been a bit awkward if the predators arrived. There's no aliens. They've just sat there twiddling their thumbs. Have they got thumbs? Yeah, they are. Waiting, waiting for something to do. Like, all right, give it a minute. These aliens will be. These aliens will be amongst it soon. So yeah, it did feel a little bit kind of like rushed to get to. I mean, yeah. did it did it take you out of it that it was that it was incredibly fast, or yeah, were you were you all right think... with it? I don't know. It's one of these things where it doesn't tell you exactly how much time has passed. So you might be thinking, has it been as long as I thought? But yeah, it does feel What you want is the other group going, oh, well, let's get a sleep. We're yeah. trying to do this in the morning. Yeah. Let's have a little sleep down here. 
Um, but yeah, they, then the aliens come out, and obviously, I guess they pretty. Much, it seems like they immediately grow into large. I know it's pretty quick usually, but again, it's usually like they usually come out as little snakes, run off, shed their skin, grow. Um, but yeah, it, it's like they've just yeah. got to come out and then go ha in biggin and then immediately miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah. So then, pretty much not long after that, like it just all kicks off, doesn't it? Like yeah. Uh, Literally, it just becomes an action sequence. Like some of the soldiers are going along, um, the the pyramid is shifting. Some of them start to get picked off by the aliens. They're getting like um, slurped off into the into the distance. Yeah. And then the then we get our first fight between alien and predator, in which oh sorry, first Colin Salmon. So it's the aliens, it's the predators that are attacking the soldiers first, mm-hmm. and. Um, Colin Salmon gets cubed in another franchise, another Paul W.S. Anderson franchise. Yeah, that's, I mean, this is obviously after Resident Evil as well. So Predator shoots one of those nets on them that gets like tighter and such, but it chops. Well, it doesn't, we don't see it chop him because again, we've already said this film's a PG 13, but he gets essentially the same cubed pattern on his face as he did with the lasers in Resident Evil, which is odd to see two, to see someone killed in the same way i can't remember what you said <laughs> what did you say there was a guy we worked out have been tigered more than once oh yeah it's the fella from um i forget his name it's the fella from burning bright slash um army of the dead he gets oh, tigered yeah. oh yeah that's right so he gets killed by a tiger in two separate movies and then colin salmon gets cubed, been cubed. by laser and then by net in the same way i mean that must have been they must have known that. There must have been a bit where you're right now. You're going to die the same way as you died in Resident Evil. Do you Eden. reckon it's because they've got a Colin Salmon that's been digitized that they can cube? Oh, yeah, but I don't think you really see it, do you? I just do the first couple of frames of the cubing. Yeah, but you don't really see him die as such. He just seems to do a lot of pain, doesn't he? When he's getting cubed, he's like Is trying it... to use the gun to. Yeah, and it don't don't like that at all. No. Don't help him. Um, yeah, so we get some action sequences. We get some slow-mo stuff of, like, appendages getting sliced off. Acid blood flying everywhere. Um, I think... Predators just tailing people. And this is where you get your background, right? Because one of the predators gets a tail through him and then it lifts them up so they can do a face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah, so that... And he dies that one as well, doesn't he? I think they yeah. both get... I think Celtic and Chopper are both killed in... Now. in in this initial scuffle, like pretty much straight off. And you're like, if there was a trio of you going down there and both your mates immediately got off, you'd be like, for God's sake, lads, absolutely. Oh, a massive disadvantage already. So this the guy that the guy that wins is in he get he's he's a double fishnet guy. So he gets a little bit of acid blood on him and he strips down to his own sort of fishnet undies that um <laughs> yeah. that, that a predator wears and then uses his net to put a crisscross pattern on the head of that alien. <laughs> yeah, it looks um, good there. Yeah, yeah, and there's all there's all this chaos going on, so they're all running off. And this is where uh, we we kind of get a um, I don't know. This is probably a poor exit for for Lance Hendrickson slash Wayland in this one because some of our major characters. So there's. Alex, there's the um, for some reason all the soldiers have absolutely eaten shit pretty much yeah. immediately. 
Yeah, and it is now for face scientists. And then yeah, the either face-hugged or... Slope yeah, face-hugged. Nick, Nick Cotton fell down a different <laughs> hole. <laughs> yeah, he broke... His ankles collapsed. Yeah, his ankles collapsed. And besides the fact he was bullying Hart the film, Graham, they're best mates yeah. now because he's like, come on, I'm going to get you through this. You're I'm a soldier and I'm just a, I'm just a dude. We'll, we'll, get, we'll do this together. So they're in a lovely heart-to-heart. Um, whereas the other scientists, so there's the Italian archaeologist, there's Alex, and there's um, there's Bishop Wayland. They're running away, and then for a character that's meant to be kind of an enduring presence in the franchise, one of the people that the, the company is named after, hmm. like the Predator goes to walk past him, he looks in his lungs and goes, "Ah, he's poorly." Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the Predator, for some reason, even though it doesn't strike me as the kind of thing a Predator would do, he just, if someone was in his way, just off them, he wouldn't scan them and go, hang on a minute, he's poorly. Not a threat. <laughs> yeah. leave, leave him he, be. He's poorly. He's not going to make a good, he's not going to make a good trophy. So we... Also, why aren't Predators working as doctors? Because, my God, they can... They don't need to yeah. do blood tests or, or scans or anything like that. They can just, just look at you and go... You're fucked. I'll have a look at you like like those like those dogs that you get. They just have a sniff of someone and go, yeah, oh, yeah, cancer, yeah. no, off you go. <laughs> yeah, just get a predator working in the in the working, local hospital. Yeah. Save a fortune on Waiting scans. times would be down. Yeah, you just uh, have a walk, you just have a poke his head out the door in the into the waiting room. <laughs> poke his head out. That one. That one, that one's all right. <laughs> bring, You're fine, actually. Yeah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, you silly sausage? Get out of here. Oh, I need uh, a sick note faking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you can have, and you can have different Ill. different vision filters for like different illnesses so it's like lung poorliness brain poorliness <laughs> blood poorliness and you can have like do all the different filters that he's got here different layers um, but he he walks past Lance Hendrickson thinking no it's poorly I'll deal with the others I'll, yep. I'll just walk past it and he gives him the old the old high school flamethrower the old, yeah he, he goes, don't you turn your back on me. And he whips out his can of Lynx Africa from his bag. <laughs> to be fair, Predator's fuming because it's all over his lovely hair, his lovely yeah, dreadlocks. His, his dreads have been things said. Singed. Mate, I put some jupe on this morning and now this is, it's mixed all wrong. You've got your singed deodorant Did over also- the cologne I've put on. Did you also notice that the Predator makes a lot of weird noises in this? Like, I don't remember him kind of like, it's like almost like a roar. It's almost like a lion roar. Oh man, the the noises in these, the noises like in this film, and the second uh, in Requiem as well. Someone's gone mad with the soundboard. There's just tons. Every character just makes so much unnecessary noise. Feels like I'm playing banjo fucking kazooie. Like, <laughs> the whole time. The predators roaring. The alien is doing that weird elephant noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant noise that it's like make. an elephant noise, but the thing is, you hear you hear that sound. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I can't confirm, but I'm pretty sure you hear it for the first time in Aliens. Yeah, and I don't think you hear it that much. You only hear it when the aliens like proper in distress when it's being burnt or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It hearing it, it does the elephant noise. Hearing it pretty much constantly again almost takes me out of the. It's almost yeah. like having a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, every... they're, they're wittering on, and the predator. If he's not, if he's not doing the. Noise. Yeah, if he's not doing his snoring, then he's roaring. Then he's, then he's doing like roars. Um, so they, he has a he has a little bit of a roar, and then 
again, iconic character, name of a company, the, the, the name behind a company that would endure until hundreds of years in the future, gets stabbed and chucked down the stairs. Yeah, it just gets discarded, doesn't he? It's, it's pretty. It's a pretty lame end for yeah. him, essentially, isn't it? But he's but he's off, and then the predator, another alien, sneaks up on him, but he does like a face chop that then like kind of slides off. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like and then that. he does a little hubris is what gets him long range. Just take my mask off and do a little scar on my head. Yeah, doesn't he? Grab the facehugger as well when it's like leaping towards him. That's l- that later. later, or another one that 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 grabs because this one gets him right because the facehugger comes out and this. Oh, no, is... he does. He does get one. He blasts one of them, or he, he gets one, one of them, but one, then a second one comes. But one gets him, but it like cuts immediately. So obviously, we're supposed to think as an audience, oh, he's all right actually because he's in the next scene. But we know how this works with the xenomorph, so we know it's setting something up, and I feel like. It's obvious what it's setting up. We already yeah. we already know. Because we see a face like a jump to him, then we don't see what happened. And yeah. then we know also that the way that the pyramid works is that doors close for minutes at a time and then they open. Because meanwhile, Alex and the uh, other scientist, I should look up his name so I don't have to call him the Italian. It's testament to the memorability of some of these characters, though, that their names just do not stick. No. It's not like, you know, you think of an alien and you've got like, you know, like you've got your Ripley and you've got like Captain Dallas and then you go to Aliens and you've got Hicks and you've got all those other characters that you can, like, you rattle off those names and some of the lines, but these one, it's just... Julian maybe Assange. Maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> Julian uh, Assange. Scottish Spurs. man. Yeah. English man. Uh, Colin Salmon. Italian man. Yeah. It's an international affair. Um, but you don't necessarily gel with the names. But Alex has come up with a point of, oh, this laser gun that's in my backpack, I- I've just realised, I've put it together, that the aliens are horrid and these guys are like the guards of this place where they are. So we should give the guards their guns back so they can yeah. do it. And I think this is at the point where um, they go through the th- thing and go, hang on a second, let's just translate this real quick. So, yeah, aliens, this is like a rite of passage. Uh, if they win, uh, if, 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 the, if the hunters win, then everything's fine. If they lose, they'll blow it up. So even in, even in story beats, taking out the, the tagline of the film and saying, right, we should, give this, we should give this guy his gun back. Yeah. And um, off I, they go to do that. So versus movies kind of go one of two ways, don't they? They're either two good guys, so they're not going to end up good guys forever. Uh, they're not going to end up enemies forever. They fight for a bit. Then they realize that there's a common threat, so let's team up and take out the, the actual yeah. bad guy. So that's your Batman v Superman. Or, that's your Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Or when it's two bad guys, essentially, one bad guy is really a bad guy. The other one's like an, treated like an anti-hero, essentially, where they go... Well, they're both bad guys, but really that one's worse. So let's team. So we want this one to win. This will help this one. And yeah. again, given that humanity. Now, I think it works a bit better here. I know obviously I mentioned recently Nemesis being given humanity and Resident Evil Apocalypse stressed me out. But I think at least with Predator, it kind of it's always I think it's always been a character that's had that humanity um, yeah. to it throughout 
they have they have actual more complicated objectives i guess than aliens which is snatch people up get face suckers on them get more aliens win eventually (laughs) they'll be what what, what's the end goal of aliens just yeah because this is the thing isn't it like uh, have a little rest because everyone's gone they can't move from planet to planet they are literally they're just there i guess it's just take over kill as much as they can kill eat kill eat what do they eat yeah these animals eat people. Yeah, they just bash you in the in the <laughs> noggin with that little tongue, didn't they? Yeah, that's it. They don't sit down and have Wasteful. a lovely meal. Um, I did like the, the, the only thing we've seen them do that's anything like a hobby is alien resurne- resurrection. They have a big slimy orgy, but they've been genetically yeah. modified by then. Yeah, I don't think I don't think these animals are into into that. Um, so yeah, once once this scene fills all the is another exposition scene where it fills in all the blanks of all oh, predators are worshipped as gods. They help human civilization build the pyramids. Every hundred hundreds of years they do every hundred years so they do this. The ultimate prey are the xenomorphs. And yeah, if they get overwhelmed, they've got a self-destructive device that will eliminate all of them. But yeah, Lex and Sebastian decide that right, let's give Sebastian. these guns back. Sebastian, let's give these guns back. They return the bastards to Scar. Um, and the xenomorph attacks, and this is when Lex like kills the xenomorph with the spear thing, isn't it? Yeah, is that right. So yeah, Sebastian gets snatched off by a by a xenomorph. I think at this point, um Graham and the others have also been they've been gunged up like the aliens like to yeah. do, and they've been face-hugged as well now. Yeah. Gunged um, up. Yeah, they do. They, they 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 get them in some gunge. They just pin, pin them to a wall. They get they get face-hugged. Um, but yeah, this, so Sebastian having been stolen, Alex, as you say, a xenomorph comes to grab her and she kind of sticks a spear up. Um, that, off. The, that the predator has given her. Because she goes, oh, well, I've given you your gun back. And he goes, right, off then. She goes, no, I'm coming. I'm a gift. And he goes, oh, I can't. Basically, my grasp of English, Alex, is the same as is, is the dictaphone, Macaulay Culkin's dictaphone from thing. I can record and play back things to you. <laughs> oh, boy. But I can't, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get out of here, you little pervert. <laughs> An inflatable clown to play with in the pool. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> she he gives her a spear and she immediately puts it to good use, um, stabbing an alien that's going to snatch her off and it dies. And this is where we get like a little bit of a... Scar is warm to Alex a little bit now and he's like, right, yeah, I'll take, I'll take all the gubbins out of his head and you can have a little alien glove puppet that's acid-proof. Mm. Oh yeah. So what do you think, Mr. Xenomorph? I think we should go. <laughs> I reckon I reckon it's terrible acid blood and I'll protect you from it. And, and, weird, and, and, so she uses it what is it like a weird little shield thing? Yeah, she, she got that as a shield, and then she gives her gives her a tail as another spear, and then they go to put things right. Yeah. They quickly, like literally moments later, find their way to a chamber where Sebastian has been face hugged immediately. Um, everyone yeah. else, everyone else has already had has, has had aliens out of them. 
they get a brief reprieve because um, the Predator's been lasering um, aliens that we see coming along, but then the Queen calls them for the tea, calls them in and says, <laughs> get us out of these bloody chains, will you? I feel like he's got like Barbara they, Windsor's like, use, voice. They use their blood to break her yeah, out Yeah, the they, they nip at her, they give her a they give her a bit of a bite in around the around the yeah. wrists and the ankles, and she bleeds on the chains that um, that wow. start to break her free. That's pretty creepy. Um, um, yeah. So then the the queen she gets freed. She's coming out. Um, Scar does this thing where he explains to Alex what his bomb thing is, and he goes sign language, sign language. Well, she she don't bloody understand a word a worker she's bloody ridiculous she's an idiot so i will just show her show the boom everyone knows the universal symbol for boom yeah and she does she gets it immediately um and they start heading they start heading along we get a little bit of action with the aliens um chasing after him at the very end but thankfully you know they the, the kind eyes of the predator that she looks into, who takes his mask off again, and then they go up this little sledge. Yeah, essentially. And I, I kept thinking, how was how was the predator going to get out of there if this sledge wasn't there? Just walk it, I guess. <laughs> you just walk it, I guess. Of that, th- uh, of that really long thirty degree angled uh, thing, so they they. They get into the, they get onto a little sledge that goes up. Fire from the bomb, following them all the way. All the normal aliens have been. Do you know what really made me laugh for some reason was the shots of them like running from the pyramid, like running out of the pyramid together, (laughs) and then like it was so. I don't know why it's so funny. It just, I don't know. Just like I think the concept of predator teaming up with human to be alien. I know it's a ridiculous, over the top, stupid film. But I don't know. In that moment, I realised what was happening, and I just couldn't stop laughing. Just it felt so silly. Yeah, it's absolute madness, isn't it? They dive out, and they think, "Phew, we have won." Um, <laughs> and then it's just, and they sort of pause, and it goes, "Ah, whoever wins, as long as it's you, I have also yeah. by proxy won." And he goes, "Right, let's have a look at your face. I've got to scar you up on the cheek now." Yeah. Just. Is this necessary? You're gonna scar me with with acid? And he goes, We've yeah. won now. Yeah, you've go got, on. You, so he gives you've, you've got to have a mark. It's the same mark that he put on his face, and I guess it's like the xenomorph hunter yeah. symbol, which that's, is fine, but the, you know that's the xenomorph, that's the xenomorph killing badge that they yeah. they're all like basically Scouts. space scouts. <laughs> to be fair, that's fine. But when you have to explain that to someone when you get back to civilization, what happened to your face? Um I actually I killed uh, a xenomorph. It, but in front of a, of, a, of, a, of a predator, no one's ever done that before. But the predator insisted on marking me. Yeah, so they give me a they give me a little uh, predator killing badge, not predator killing. But basically, it's the equivalent badge, yeah. of I walked into a door when you got a black eye. Oh yeah, yeah. what's the real story? Oh, <laughs> we'll start doing that. Like the next time we've got the. Why you you you've scraped your knee? What happened? You fall off your bike or something? No, actually, I um. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, sent 100 emails in a single day, so I uh, got the badge for it. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Very nice. Um, so, but then, the big old alien queen, for some reason, didn't die in that inescapable explosion. No, it didn't. 
um, and it's been silently crawling up the t- through the <laughs> solid ice, through the solid ice, and it explodes out of the ice, and then we get the final battle, Predator versus um, Alien Queen with Lex as like a side character who, if you press uh, square occasionally, Does, doesn't assist. Doesn't assist, yeah, um, which is pretty good. But what do they do? They like. The alien queen has still got some chains on it. They attach it to a water tower and then yeah. she gets she slurped off into the icy waters of the Antarctic. But I never but I also thought surely like Alien Queen's not dead though, even though it goes into the it'll be alive on it down there in the ice. I don't know. Can aliens drown? I don't I guess so. I, I don't know. Because in some alien movies they, they exist in space. In the they, void of space. Yeah, if they exist in the void of space, surely they can exist into ocean. Um, this one's restricted by cold, though, so maybe she'll just get frozen down there. Yeah, that's true. So uh, dead embarrassing if you're like a alien queen and you end up underwater, trapped by some chains. You'd be like, oh just... god, this, this is embarrassing and boring. Um, <laughs> and just if, if she doesn't die, she's going to be fed up down there. And like we've done a very fast version of it, but. You know, it knocks them both about. Doesn't seem to kill them as effectively as just the regular aliens did. But, but again, I think it mostly seems practical. The effects of the alien queen, yeah. which looks good. Occasionally, there are throughout this film, the CGI moments are a bit shiny, a bit early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, blade two, a bit blade two, and it takes away from the genuine like creepiness creep, creepy wetness of of the xenomorphs i think that you're because <laughs> you're going with. for creepy and wet you <laughs> creepiness because <laughs> you were going for building cre- creepy and wet you creepy these are ever so creepy these xenomorphs. <laughs> ever so creepy but but you can't really recreate that in cgi it looks like they just look a bit ps ps3 graphics yeah um, but yeah and then after the big big fight predator ship appears and they do that thing, which which um we we mentioned before the show, but they do that thing when they go, here, have a gift, and it's always a gift. Some like, tat, some t- <laughs> some tat. So obviously in Predator Two, they give Danny Glover like an old, like war, like a revolver from uh... old pirate gun that they've got from like a <laughs> they got from a flea market or something like that. While they were in New York, while they were while they were in New York going around while that predator's doing his mission in the first one. They've just got, been taken in the sights and gifts. gone off, got some tat. Uh, uh, yeah. We said that it's like the British Museum where they've always got stuff that belongs to someone else and they go, oh, where you go? You can have this, I guess. You can have this and yeah. enjoy it. So you're right. The, uh, in the aftermath of the fight, the, our main hero, Scar, is poorly. The ship uncloaks. Loads of Predator elders come out and they go, is that your Xenomorph killing badge? Well... Can't let this go and can't let you die. Uncelebrated. Here you go. So Scar got like impaled by something, didn't he? Yeah, he gets, pretty much. You get he gets the tail through him. He gets the tail through him, that's it. Yeah. He gets the tail through him. It. So he's poorly. So they put him on a stretcher and take him and take him in. They give Alex a um bit of tat, like a spear or something, and then leave her in just a long sleeve top in Antarctica. Well, see you later. Yeah. See you later. And off they go. But unfortunately, not all all is not well. Because Scar has a uh has a alien with a little predator face burst out of him. Yeah, a pred alien, a rupture from his chest, 
Um, and if there's anything to set up a sequel, then that is it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then it pretty much leads directly into the sequel. We're not going to cover the sequel in quite as much detail. We will just quickly rattle through what essentially happens in the sequel. If you watch this sequence and then immediately watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem, which was made three years later, the sequence is completely different, even though it's... <laughs> the, alien, it's... the alien looks different. The ship is tiny and there's about one other Predator on it. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like a boss, just like someone in the, in the kitchen, like making a cup of tea or something. Yeah, it was just the caretaker on a small on a small little ship None of those fancy elders that I imagine are wicked at hunting are there. Um, it's just a small ship, uh, an alien, a pred alien bursts out. Facehuggers are running rampant all over the ship, and it just he sees the pred alien, and goes, "I want to blast him!" Blasts yeah. at it and causes them to crash on Earth. Idiots! I, f- I what I feel like is that the predators have got their shit together far more than this film makes it look like they, they have. I'm assuming there hasn't been an outbreak of xenomorphs on planet Earth because the Predators have got their shit together, but no. Yeah. Um, so they crash. And where, where would they crash? Gunnison, Colorado. Gunnison, Colorado, home of a nuclear power station for some reason. Yeah. I thought it's better than it just crashing in New York and it kind of makes it kind of makes sense. But essentially what this sequel is, is for the first time is aliens in a modern day suburban sort of town um predators i mean in the predator they're kind of in a similar sort of environment that was obviously after this and they've done the big city they've done the urban jungle new york so yeah seeing them but i think as i mentioned what's annoying is that the pred alien as the big bad in this movie the big bad the big threat you don't really see it very much yeah, like I'm not sure how confident. I'm not sure how confident they were with the with, with the, the effect. Design. Yeah, so uh, cl- clearly, I mean, it just looks like a, ze- a big xenomorph with the sort of open mandible with Audrey 2's face from Little Shop of Horrors, it's like a big <laughs> yeah. bald head. Yeah, it looks like that. And again, even though it's supposed to be aliens versus predator, whoever wins, we lose. No, we want the predator that's been essentially sent from the yeah. home world here to clear it up the space version and this is a revelation for me ben um Silit bang um in uh spokesman barry scott apparently he's played by different actors in different countries so the one we know oh, is God. just english barry scott there are other ones from the country so this is Baza. predator planet barry scott yeah. going around with his little finger fluid that is mostly for like bang and the evidence is gone he's there doing a cover-up <laughs> bang and the evidence is gone that's literally what he's doing yeah um yeah it's uh so he kills people that he crosses paths with like a like there's a deputy that sees him and he min- you know, minces him there's not enough predator is invisible i know it's in these two films i like predator is invisible it's one yeah. of the coolest sort of things i mean it does it occasionally in this one so he's the wolf um predator he's called and he's going around and essentially all the xenomorphs that kill people and and face hug people and lay eggs and all that stuff he goes around killing or sort of getting rid of the bodies and just just clean up trying to kill trying to kill the aliens off basically right and yeah yeah he works his way through it and there's a there's a there's a cast of characters that we meet with varying degrees of interest there is 
there is like our young couple in love, the the teenage love interest who is the most DTF character that's ever existed. Yeah, just try and uh, level best to have sex with this guy um, that that they've been friends with since childhood. There is her douchey ex-boyfriend. There is the brother of the main character that been in prison. There's the sheriff. There's all there's all kind and there's there's the there's the soldier lady that's just come back from war and then her daughter's a bit distant. Yeah. I mean well, there's probably like three or four main characters, but essentially the rest just fodder for aliens to kill, well the pred alien to kill. Um and as I said, that most of the fights between aliens and predators happens in close quarters, in corridors, in sewers, in forest. Again, it doesn't feel too far removed, but of course, the fact that they that the alien exists in modern two thousand and seven. Well, I guess it's still two thousand and yeah, it's moments it? before. It's still two thousand and four in the in it's the canon of the film. Two thousand and four, yeah. The um, fact that aliens exist in 2004 on planet Earth is a bit jarring. It does feel a bit odd. Yeah. It doesn't feel quite right. And it never, and the film that never makes a good job of making you feel like this could be canon, this could be part of that universe. It just feels like a greatest hits. Yeah. It feels like a side story. It feels like a, a string of action sequences, effectively, right? And um, there, you know, I will give this film. I'll give this one credit. I would say, arguably, it is, f- for many measures of quality, worse than the previous film. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the people that are in it, the notoriety of those people, the, the, the overall effort. There's a lot of the, dodgy one-liners as well. There. Yeah, dodgy the, one-liners and direct lifts from the, you know, from previous movies. There's a get to the chopper. There is a... Yeah, you know, there's like a, a get to the chopper, which is uttered like this. Okay, now get to the chopper. <laughs> it's like oh come on now if you're gonna do it do it you shouldn't do it so don't but the That's predator tech it. here is great there are a couple of really nice action bits i like the bit where the predator is fighting aliens in the sewer tunnel he sets up lasers to set like basically a kill box because they can't go through there without getting minced mm-hmm. i like his big long spikes frisbee that the love interest gets chopped in half by like in oh, a yeah. blink of an eye. Yeah. And he doesn't even mean to do that. He's not. Yeah, he just, he just was an, an alien, isn't he? And it misses. <laughs> yeah. He goes, oh. Bloody hell. I, th- I don't know. I think. What, what bothers me about this? I don't know. It's just a bit boring, isn't it? Considering, considering it's another alien versus predator in a different area, in a different area. Two of like the biggest, the best big bads in science fiction history. It's just a, it is just a bit boring. We just kind of go go from place to place. Yeah, um, we just jump in, and then there's like they do a nice job of tying off loose ends. Like it's the and some bold choices. The first victims we get are dad and his little boy oh, yeah. out on a hunting trip. He, the dad gets his arm acided off, and yeah. then um, yeah. they both get face hugged. And then much like in the previous one. The second you wake up, it pops out of your tummy yeah. like moments later. They both get chest bursted as well, face yeah. hugged and then chest burst. But again, it's something weird. Seeing characters witness all of this stuff for the first time, I don't know. So many films into a franchise. I know it's different, it's a different setting, it's different scenarios. I know that. But I don't know. So many films into a franchise, I'm a bit like witnessing 
characters discover what these creatures are about and how they work. I don't know. I it's, feel like it's a bit. It's shocking to them, but not necessarily to you anymore. Yeah, we're a bit like it's a. It is honestly a bit like we've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. And the franchise, when it earns Ripley being essentially the expert on the creatures, because she has so many interactions with them, when you take a character like Ripley out of any of these films, it is a bit like I feel. I feel like the these sequences only are there to provide this, the the exposition for us to understand the story but it's like but we we know how it works come on yeah yeah any other notable moments um i like the awful boyfriend dale who gets a great put come down in the fact that shut up dale you're too stupid to talk yeah um Um, it's the great bit where like he misses an opportunity when he comes in with his bully mates and goes oh see you guys together but i hope you know i taught that little slut everything she knows i'm like are you suggesting that you taught her how to have sex with men dale like <laughs> yeah yeah like, no i one, mean no one took the opportunity might, exp- might explain might explain why your relationship has come Quite to a, a conclusion um but are you are you a bully yeah are you homophobic yeah get in this film there's like <laughs> at least three of you get, yeah. get in this yeah. film get in this order the this, sausage lovers pizza then it won't because yeah. it won't me yeah, they're they're no good, no good, no no good guys. But you know, the say I think I had it in my notes here. Look forward to you dying, and I love the other sequence as well, where they have a they have a point that they have the sheriff, the brother, the love interest in this thing, and then there's the the pizza the pizza shop manager, and it's like. Congratulations on now becoming the most disposable character. You are the next yeah. one to die. And who's sure gonna enough, the, who's going to run the pizza shop in Gunnison, Colorado? If I die, dead. And Someone even else, like the final, yeah. even like the final battle between the Predalien and the Wolf Predator on 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 a roof. Is it like on a rooftop? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just, just a bit, just a bit naff, and just a bit like. I don't know. It, for something, it just feels quite small scale, doesn't it? I think yeah. these films just keep trying to go right, even bigger, even even badder, even more crazy shit happening. Oh, it's a pred alien now. Can you believe it? And they bring up the, you know, they bring up the, the what's it called? The tagline once again, because in this place, it's like whoever wins. Well, actually, nukes win, I guess, because that's what happens. They clean it. Basically, the film tidies up after itself and goes, oh, everyone was nuked. The government was was behind it all along. And they fly away in a helicopter. Um, Did you think that maybe there was going to be something when the soldiers, like, get them at the end, that that, that someone, one of them, was suddenly going to have a chest burst or explode? Oh, I thought the the soldiers was going to go, thanks for that laser gun, shoot them all in the head. Yeah, that probably Um, would have been a better end better ending to be fair but they don't they they go oh it's okay we were just following orders when we nuked that thing oh i understand that so we give up yeah. i guess we can and come home they... come home with you and then we see you mrs yutani having seen mr yeah. Waylon, see yeah. mrs yutani and she goes the world is not ready for this laser gun explains why we hide it away and um, it doesn't exist in the future of this not ready for this laser gun. I'm going to hide it away till hundreds of years. Yeah, that's right. To be fair, they're the Wayland Corporation, pretty, pretty unlucky that they keep stumbling across the xenomorphs in the world because 
unless they meant to, obviously. But it seems like <laughs> they're always every time involved. they go to colonize a planet. Oh, just check for xenomorphs. Check for bloody xenomorphs, mate. As we've already mentioned, they can't fly ships of their own, so they've got to be put somewhere or left somewhere, or they've got to get there somehow. Somehow go somewhere where they're go somewhere where they're not. But yeah, that's whistle stop tour of that second film. That's some ridiculous moments. I will give it credit for how much they lean into all the different predator tech. I think it's yeah. a smarter choice just to have one predator that goes round and is actually really capable rather than having several and killing two of them off. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to see a big team up. Like, imagine a big team versus, I don't know, like a team of 20 predators versus shitload of. Yeah. I don't know. It oh, felt give like me one of those elders big... from, give me one of those elders from the last, from the last time. Have the pred alien escape and one of those elder badasses go, right, I'm going to go down. The rest of you wait here. But no, they call John Wick Predator from the Predator thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that for those two films. Obviously, I guess they're both... Well, I guess we'll get around to rating them. Um, do we have any name game in Luke's absence? Um, because Alien and Predator are both very difficult things to creatively um, <laughs> yeah. put up with, um, I'll give you a quick one based on the tagline, if you like, Ben. Okay. Um, so a group of um, 18 to 30-year-olds are deciding whether they're going to go to Ibiza or Magaluf for their big group holiday, where they're going to drink heavily. <laughs> Whoever wins, we booze. Whoever wins, we booze, correct. Um, yeah. The next... The next one um, uh, is a couple um, are deciding what to what to do on a on on a lazy on a lazy Sunday, uh, and they narrow it down just before they go to bed that either they're not going to get up until they're not even going to open their eyes until half nine, and then just watch Sunday brunch in bed with the, with a paper. Um, or alternatively, they uh, will probably roll out about ten, and then maybe go for a, like a casual like breakfast, maybe a brunch, even in town. And they go to bed with those two decisions hanging over them. And just before like they turn out the lights, they say one thing: "Whoever go to sleep." Whoever wins is that the first bit? Yeah, whoever wins. I want to say we snooze, but we snooze like, correct. So they're not getting up, get up. They're not they're getting up until at least half nine. Um, finally, <laughs> uh, the the Oscars are coming up, um, yeah. and some people have been invited to the after party. And on the way, they're speculating as to who is going to carry away, um, you know, the big award on this, the night of nights for Hollywood. Um, but actually, it turns out they're not really bothered who comes where the awards because they're mostly using it as an opportunity to try and uh, pitch some great film ideas they've got to some, you know, Hollywood Hollywood types that they're going to run into while they're at the, at the after party. I f- this is weird because I, I, I'm trying to come up with uh, a, a reason for this same word. Is it whoever wins, we schmooze? Whoever wins, we schmooze, correct. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm looking at right now. I googled <laughs> the word schmooze because I'm like... I can't. I'll definitely use the word, but is it more like a yeah, yeah? Whoever wins, we schmooze. 
Yeah. Uh, Got any? Schmooze was going to be my one. So uh, I'll put it to you then. If so, I said to you, whoever wins, we lose as a scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you think of a scenario where those words make sense to you? So whoever wins, we lose. Uh, whether, <laughs> you know, whether Piers Morgan focuses his uh, output <laughs> on television or or radio. Yeah, that's what I said before. I said it's like, um, you've just been adopted. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to mention him twice. I've already mentioned Jimmy Savile. Let's try and keep it. Let's not try and keep it like that. Let's keep it a little bit more. But yeah, let's just say Piers Morgan again. Uh, you've been adopted. Oh, have I? Yeah. By, it's, but you've got to choose out of Piers Morgan or Nigel Farage. Now, one of them is going to be your new dad. <laughs> Who's going to win? Whoever wins. Whoever wins, you've lost. Yeah. You've lost. That's it. You're done. Uh, um... I reckon Piers Morgan's considerably more wealthy. So maybe that, get the money, uh, and then maybe like, I don't know, slip him a bit of. Sorry, I think Nigel Farage has got a worse diet. I reckon he's got more cholesterol. Oh, yeah, big, definitely. Big old he, frog man. I reckon he has three scotch eggs and a pint of John Smith's for every meal. <laughs> it's all he eats. <laughs> it's all he eats. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Schmooze. Uh, it's a good word, schmooze. Yeah. I mean, that's... What What about you, Ben? Any more, any more examples that there is a no, a no-win situation? <sighs> a no-win situation. Um, yeah, because Alien vs Predator is a win situation. It's a bloody predator, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bloody predator. Uh, whether no, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, that, I haven't. That, that's the major one. It's basically adopted by. I tell you what, man, I'll put I'll put one to you then. Yeah, writers at heart, yeah. come up with for me. Who do you think would win in another? You know, we've we've seen Alien versus Predator now done yeah. done a number of times. We've seen, you know, Freddy we've seen Freddy Jason. versus Jason. We've seen Kramer versus Kramer. But I mean, you may have seen Kramer versus Kramer. It wouldn't be in our wheelhouse. We've seen X versus Sever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, who would win? Question I put to you: um, Terminator. Versus Gremlins. Because the reason I've chosen this one is because Terminator is very, very dangerous. Yeah. And they, but they are robots though. And Gremlins are good at breaking robots. Uh, and also, even if they've got loads of them, if it rains, there'll be more Gremlins. That's true. I think it's, it's a conundrum. Who, who do you win? It is a conundrum, but I think I'm, I'm, let's go for Terminator just because I reckon. You'd get in there early. He or she, Terminator, would get in there early while they're in Mogwai form and just blast them all away. Yeah. Oh, I guess they have time travel as well, so they could maybe yeah get there go back and gremlin. like go back and like obliterate that old the uh, well, he's an old man when we see him, but the, the young Chinese man that has that has <laughs> yeah. Gizmo before years before they would meet. Yeah, that's true. I think if it comes to a straight fight, though, if they have to do the bit where the film has begun, I think you have an ending scene where, like, Arnie's there, his his eye is hanging out, and there's a gremlin like biting on it. <laughs> One of them steering another Terminator around like a little rock'em sock'em robot, and they're punching their heads off. Yeah, uh, 
because it's in, even if you get them down to the last one, if it rains or they jump into a YMCA pool, they're all back. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Good arguments for either, I think. But you know, we we want to see. But would it be one of those team up movies? Would they eventually team up to take on a bigger bad? Team up to really bring down the system. Take on, take on take on RoboCop. Take on RoboCop. Yeah, they're reprogrammed Terminator to take on Skynet. That's what they do. Yeah, the Gremlins reckon they're good at. Are they good? They're probably not good at tech. But uh, and maybe there'll be uh, <laughs> all the different types of Terminator like there are in Gremlins too. Oh, there'll be like, like a, a vegetable, ter- a vegetable Terminator, a spider, you got a sexy one. Terminator. All right, <laughs> sexy woman Terminator. You got your lightning Terminator. Okay, that's the best one. The sexy woman Terminator, but instead of the, sex, the sexy woman, woman one, or the one that has glasses. <laughs> yeah, the one that has glasses. He's good at maths and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he could do maths. Yeah, the sexy army Terminator is basically with all of the like 80s slash 90s marking of this is a character that you know, but we've made a girl version. So he's got like big eyelashes and lipstick. Looks funny. Yeah, big eyelashes, lipstick, anyone. little bow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shall we? Uh, shall we rate the films then? Um, yeah, we should. Are we going to rate both of them? We've watched them both, so yeah, let's rate them both. Goodness help me! I'm going to give them both a score. Go on then. Do you, you want to go first? Um. Okay. Uh. <laughs> these are hard. Uh, I've got a real Resident Evil situation about this because. Mm. Uh, no, fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give original recipe AVP a a D plus. Yeah. No, a D. Ready salted. It's getting a straight D because um it, it's a little bloodless because it's a PG-13, two horror franchises and we get things like Bishop getting tossed down the stairs um, you know, having been stabbed off screen Uh, it's a little bloodless they could have taken it in some more in some more directions and put a little more into it there are some bits to to enjoy, it's great to see the iconic things um fighting against other, but effectively is bashing your action figures together. <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give AVP Requiem. Ooh. Explaining to no well I'm gonna explain it, but I'm oddly enough gonna give it a slightly better rating. <laughs> I am gonna go so far just technically it should also be a D. I'm gonna give it a D plus just because there's good things in here. There's good things here in isolation. I like the predator tech. I like the kind of irreverent takes on things. It just doesn't hang together too well. But because I found it quite funny to watch at many occasions, it's probably one I'd be more likely to watch again if I was going to sit down and watch another one anytime soon. Yeah. I, I think, I think, let's say um, an event comes up and the three of us are, are, are together. I think we would laugh more and have a better time if we put on AVP Requiem, wanky title and all. Yeah. <laughs> wanky so I'm, title. 
it's probably not worth uh, a D plus. It's probably both a D, but I need to give it some kind of point to differentiate it and say yeah. both Ds, but this one is slightly better. Um, so that is where I'm landing on them. Yeah, I'll go for something similar, but maybe flip reverse it. I think I'll go for a a D plus for AVP Aliens versus Predator. I think the the location for it just feels a bit better for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, the AVP Requiem location is a bit jarring, um, and I think it kind of like I don't know. It just feels a bit more believable. I know obviously the ship crashes in the second one, so but I just feel it feels a bit more believable in this setting. Um, I like the the ridiculous, stupid nature of the human teaming up with Predator. Like I, I was laughing a lot, and you know, maybe I was laughing at it, but at the same time, I was still having a, I was still having a good time. Were you pausing sometimes and saying, he "Does love his wife though?" So. <laughs> he does love his wife, and he wishes that that was his wife um, making friends with the Predator. So I'll go for a D plus with that, even though I only watched Alien vs Predator Requiem, like several days ago i remember very little about it and i think that's probably one of the reasons why i had to go lower for it but just because it really did just wash over me and i it didn't yeah and just the fact that the predalian the predalian we only really see like close-ups of it and then there's a random bit where it decides to impregnate a load of pregnant already pregnant women that's what i was going to bring up very very quickly it's it's an unusual choice that we get this predalian which is what causes the whole thing and it takes the face sugar out of the life cycle effectively but yeah given in mind some of the horror roots of you know some of the deeper psychology that comes into the alien franchise with how face huggers can get anyone especially men giving them the horrors of the forced impregnation and birth the fact that this pred alien only <laughs> wax eggs in female um, victims it just Very bites true. the heads off the others uh like a flavor of jelly babies they don't like just bites the heads off because oh, <laughs> what you're talking about um the um yeah it, it's a, it's an unusual choice uh, and one that isn't explained and isn't really necessary it was an odd it was a weird thing about it that struck me as we were watching it yeah definitely weird it just feels a bit weird it just feels a bit all over the place and all tonally um, in similar in a way to I guess Super Mario Brothers, it feels like it is tonally like a bit all over the place. Like it's kind of like it's like an action film, a horror film, but then there's also this like human drama happening as well, which is a bit like I don't know. It was you should write that as your review, Ben. You you should put just AVP to Requiem, however many stars that equates <laughs> to, and say. Tonally, a lot like Super Mario Brothers. A lot like Super Mario Brothers. Now, you might think no one's ever said that before. No one's (laughs) ever said that before. But, you know, I'm here and I'm ready to say it. Tonally, just like Super Mario Brothers. So I think I'll give it a D minus on that. I'm not, I wouldn't say it was particularly a lot worse than AVP, but I think I had a bit more fun with AVP with the first one. That's that. There we go. There we go. That is. AVP time. AVP um, time. And it is a time. Time is had. Uh, so next week. Yeah, so we've we've announced the May lineup. Uh, next few episodes we've got coming up. We've got Fire in the Sky next week. A, more aliens. More different aliens. Type, though. Yeah. 
then we've got fire. I think we're going to do another double double bill. So with Firestarter, obviously the remake is being released um, with Zac Efron, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to watch the original Drew Barrymore and the remake, and sort of I guess compare, contrast. See so who is the most twisted Firestarter next week? Who no, is the most weeks. twisted Firestarter? Is it? Yeah. Um, and then end of the month, we're going to go for the birds. Um, They're classic. A classic, scary, avian, scary stuff. Feathered frights coming at you. Um, Watch out, they'll peck you. Uh, And there may be some bonus content being dropped throughout the month, but I think we need to work out exactly. Got to get those those bits recorded. But yeah, there's there's more coming. Yeah, there's more coming. There we go. Here's on to a different type of aliens next week then, Ben. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, So that is that. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. And you can join our current patrons over there. John Crinnan, uh, patron against his will. Ben Scaife, monkey patron. Uh, I'm not going to give everyone a nickname. That's silly. Don't do that. <laughs> You're all uh, right. Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Wendy Muller, Leslie Carlo, Julie Bilgren, and Pazuzu. Uh, yeah, so thank you. Come and join us over there. Um, thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. That's right, brand new theme music. Hope you like it. Hope you love it. Uh, I haven't thanks... heard it yet, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review um, on any podcasting platform and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors to interact with us there. And of course, thanks to Andy for being a right horror dude. Thanks, Ben. Thanks to you for being a right horror dude. I don't want to neglect that. You can't thank yourself, so I will do it. No, you don't want to do that. The people's behalf. Yeah, thanks to me. Uh, Thanks to thanks to you, Luke. Yeah, you're you're busy today. That's all right, dude. You can be. Yeah, he's and he like. I think this is the this is the real stinker for poor old Luke here. He was too busy to come and join us for recording because you know life has commitments. He's got to deal with those commitments. But he did put himself through two AVP movies before you couldn't make it at last minute. Uh, That is dedication to the calls. And uh, for that, obviously, we'll find out what his ratings are as well. A plus for both, I've heard. Um, But yeah, next week, hopefully, all of us back together. It's been a couple of episodes since it's been the trio. So get the whole get the whole gang together. It's been a couple of weeks. You're right. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Okay, Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.